Have you ever felt so lost in your life that your soul feels so empty? Feeling the need to find that purpose and healing? Holy Crave Podcast is for anyone who is starting their journey through self-love or anyone who is embarking holistic healing. Women who need empowerment. Women who don't have a voice. want to jumpstart their journey in reaching their higher self. In each episode, I share bit size of my story of how I overcame an autoimmune disease and lessons I've learned in my life. We'll talk about how I had to unlearn old thought patterns that's not serving me anymore, fears I had to acknowledge and overcome one by one, recognizing my ego's self-limiting beliefs about my full potential, and having my mentors along the way who have helped me shift that mindset to tuned in, tapped in, and turned on to my most authentic self. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Holy Christ Podcast, your weekly dose of holistic healing. I am so grateful that you're here again today because I'm dropping this episode like literally intuitively last minute. So I am so excited to share it with you guys. I am so inspired by her fulfilling journey. Her life shape shifted when she was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease from being an award-winning journalist in 2007 to now a Reiki master, a life coach, and a clinical hypnotherapist, helping clients all over the world to heal and create their ideal lives. In this episode, we talked about her death journey through healing holistically roots that brought her to her purpose and tips on how we can manage our energies without getting drained. We talked about what Reiki healing is and other holistic modalities in approaching chronic illnesses. I am really grateful to have her here in my channel so I hope this episode serves you well. So sit back and relax and let's listen to Brittany Yap. I am Britt Yap. I'm originally from Hawaii. I currently live in Alameda, California with my husband, my four-year-old son, Reef and my five-month-old daughter, Taya. Mm. And I'm a life coach. I am also a Reiki master and a clinical hypnotherapist. Formerly, uh, in my former life, this life, I was a journalist, a PR specialist. I used to have a mixed martial arts magazine. So it's been an interesting ride. Um, But yeah, so this is what I do full-time now, is helping people heal and create their ideal life. So you mentioned you were diagnosed with with ulcerative colitis. Can you take this back when you were diagnosed and how was the experience for you back then? Okay, so I'm 36 now and I was diagnosed at 20 and doctors did not know what was going on with me. So at the time, it was one of my most stressful years. I was in college And we know how that goes. And I had a lot of responsibility. I think at the time I was one of the editors for the the student newspaper. Mm. And my fiance at the time was shipped off to Iraq for a year. And he was in army infantry. And so dealing with that at 21, you know, that was rough. Like that was really, really rough. And I didn't know what was happening in my body. I just could feel my stomach being in so much pain, 
couldn't eat or I couldn't hold anything down with eating come, you know, I have to run to the bathroom mm -hmm. and a lot of pain. And I kept going to my primary care doctor and they kept giving me different medication, but I kept throwing it up and it, it was actually making it worse. Right. Um, it didn't occur to me to ask to see a specialist because I didn't ever have to. So I didn't ask. And I, so I just kept doing what the doctor said and like, oh, all your tests look fine, you know, because they couldn't really see inside unless they do a colonoscopy. Yeah. So I was just in a lot of pain for a long time. And I remember one day I just couldn't even walk up the stairs in my apartment. And my mom, I was living on Oahu at the time. And my mom was on Maui. My parents are on Maui and she uh, flew up and she like dragged me to the hospital to see us and demanded that I get um, an appointment with a gastroenterologist. Right. And that they do a colonoscopy. And it was at that time they saw the inside of my colon and how inflamed um, it was. And then that's when I was, yeah, diagnosed at that time, but many months, um, of pain. And the doctor was like, why didn't you come in sooner? Yeah. You know, and a lot of people at the time were just telling me like, oh, it's just all in your head. It mm -hmm. might. And, 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 and I, and I look back now and I'm like, yeah, maybe it started with the stress I was feeling, but now it's turned physical and I need to go get help because it's affecting my body. Yeah. Mm -hmm. For a long time, I just kind of like, Oh, it's all in my head. It'll go away. <laughs> yeah. So it basically like you bypassed it because you think it's just a normal stomach ache or it's a regular thing that someone, let's say you just missed your meal or something, but at the end, like it manifested throughout physically. So what was the stress like for you back then? I know you said you were going through your husband, like is away. No, so this is with a different guy. We didn't end oh, up married or anything. Okay. Um, but we were young, you know, and we, we is the biggest, most stressful thing I think we've ever been through right. is war. Yeah, and when I was 21, like, I don't even know <laughs> like this. Right. So, wow. Like, you know, you know, everyone's been in the club having fun. Some of our friends are in college and here we are getting ready to ship him off for a year Wow. at war. And it was heavy, you know, it was really heavy. And I was a fiance, I wasn't a wife. And then I, I don't know if military spouses realize this but when you're a fiance you get treated a little differently because you're not a wife mm. right but so you're not like fully a military wife yet but you're part of like the family readiness groups and you go to all of these things and you have like other wives to kind of support you mm -hmm. as you go through this but we're like kids we're like 20 yeah. and trying to figure this out and it was the first time I really felt not in control mm. because I'm pretty like up until that point like I was pretty OCD growing up, you know, and, yeah. I, uh, you know, like I like having control of a situation. Um, I'm a lot better now. I'm recovering from all that OCD-ness. But um, right. yeah, well, growing up, you know, that's just how I was. I wanted to feel in control. And for the first time in my life, I was not in control. Plus, I was trying to maintain like a 4.0 GPA and uh -oh. go to college and do and work and yeah. do all that. Um, and I think, you know, when you're in infantry in Iraq, you don't hear from these people for a week at a time. So I was every day expecting a knock at my door. Mm -hmm. while he died. Uh -huh. Every day. So for it sounds like you're really an achiever and you really wanted to have that outcome most of the time, but like to be the best. 
at what you're doing. And for me, it seems like it's the masculine energy that was dominant in your in your journey back then. So what was the time or when was the time when you felt like I have to surrender, like I have to lose control, I have to just like let it be and flow with the universe? What was that aha moment back then? I still have to you know, check myself now, <laughs> you know, um, even, you know, this past week recovering from surgery and not being able to do everything I want to do. That was frustrating. And I have to like really surrender to like, I need to rest. Um, it's okay to rest. Um, but I just grew up, you know, only child and my parents had high expectations of me. And, um, I think even the teacher said I was like competitive, <laughs> like, it, like with test taking or, just anything. Um, I attacked the goal. I, if I said I was going to do something, I did it, you know? Um, so like having more compassion for myself was hard. Yeah. Like having, like telling myself I could rest was hard because I've never seen my, my parents really rest. They're like kind of always doing something, Mm. always working or, or, you know, go, 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 um, productive, Mm -hmm. productive in the Western sense. But I think, it wasn't until like 2011, 2012, 2012 was like the worst health year of my life. And I was with my now husband at the time living here in Alameda. Um, and I got really sick and ended up in the Oakland um, Kaiser hospital and they were going to remove my colon. Oh, wow! And that is when I was like, okay, Brit, like you pushed yourself to, like, this, is, this is it. Like you're going to have re- removing body parts now. If yeah. you don't get your shit together, you know? Yeah. Um, so it was in that, it was that week in that hospital that I was, I feel like I was downloaded. It was almost like my guides mm-hmm. and ancestors were like, okay, she's ready now. And we really need to start intervening. Right. Um, and then I had a lot of realizations in the hospital bed. Yeah. Um, and I ended up basically holding my ground and telling the doctor like, no, we're not going to remove my colon. Right. Nope, not doing it. <laughs> With that, at that moment, have you, already been practicing your spirituality or have you already been exposed to this kind of practice that you are into right now no not at all like I went pedal to the metal for like at least five six years where I didn't know how to cope up really yeah like change the stress like I didn't really have coping mechanisms for the stress other than stay home, just stay home because the bathroom's nearby and, you know, you're comfortable in your apartment. But like, other than that, I didn't have someone like me, right. an, an adult who could sit me down and explain what was happening. Yeah. I mean, I think I was like diagnosed in 2005 or something. And it wasn't mm-hmm. until like what, 2012 that like light bulbs started going off that I really had to make a change yeah you know with everything I was doing because like back then as well my rock bottom was when I almost had a heart attack the same thing as yours but I I've already been practicing like meditation but I know how it feels like where it wasn't taught to me as well with my family what self-care is like how important it is to rest and it's okay to rest it's okay to not to do anything because you're sick but like I saw how my parents were like my mom she's a single mom so Mm -hmm. she worked so hard I didn't see her take vacation she works even if she's sick I think it's that kind of mentality like you hustle and bustle to make you feel more worthy of your time. So yeah. I I totally get that because I felt the same way. I was 
burying myself as well in like work or school to get my mind off with my disease. So with that being said, like, what was your biggest breakthrough in your healing journey? Like, how was it for you to like open up with your spiritual journey and now being a healer as you are at this time? I think it was, there was a couple really big standout moments, Mm -hmm. but it started 2012 in that hospital room. Mm. something I felt was just downloaded into me. And it's almost like they, sh- they got me, my body was shutting down. You can't die from having ulcerative colitis, but you can die from your body shutting yeah. down from all these different medications they're giving you. And I, I was at that point where I was like, I'm going to give up because this is, I can't see myself living like this forever. And that's what doctors tell people with chronic illnesses. This is indefinitely, you're going to be taking six pills a day, 10 pills a day. Yeah. Indefinitely. We don't have answers for you. Like what? And when someone told me that when I was 21, I was like, indefinitely, that does not feel good in my body. And I remember that feeling. And then in 2012, they're like, we have to remove your colon because there's no other way for you to heal. Mm -hmm. That didn't feel right either. So it was like all these things going off in my body going, no, no, don't agree with that. Uh You know, no. And it was this aha moment in the hospital where I said, you know what? I got myself in this mess. Mm -hmm. I can get myself out. Right. And for the first time, I felt empowered because everything up to that point is just like you just feel on this roller coaster you don't have control over. Right. But then for the first time, I felt like, no, 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 Britt, you got yourself in this mess from all this stress over the years mm. and going pedal to the metal, you know, not taking breaks. And you need to change something. I didn't know what the change was going to look like, but I knew I could not continue mm-hmm. the way I was living my life anymore like that. And my husband in that hospital room started doing research and he found this hypno, he found someone saying hypnotherapy helped them mm-hmm. with ulcerative colitis. And he reached out to this lady in Oakland mm-hmm. and got an appointment for me probably like a week after I was released from the hospital. And with just four sessions with her, it was very helpful, very, wow. very helpful. And then, um, so that, and then we ended up moving back to Hawaii. Mm-hmm. I think it's very important to be in a healing space. And for me, family, friends, the ocean, what was familiar to me was where I was going to heal. And so I, we made a very big decision to pack up our stuff, move back across the ocean right. and move to Hawaii. And then when I was there, a couple months into me being there, I found um, a mentor. I didn't know she was going to be my mentor. And like things started to move into place. But my grandma, I, I've told this story before, my grandma um, had an aneurysm and um, she almost died. And they medevaced her from Maui to Oahu to Queens Hospital because it's a better hospital mm-hmm. for head trauma and things like that. And um, she was in a coma. And the second, I think it was the first or second day she was in the hospital, my, my family had a family meeting outside. And it was the first moment I was able to be with her just one-on-one in the room and something started to tell me what to do. Told me to get up, told me to walk over to her head. It told me to lay my hands over her head. It told me to visualize and how to visualize the energy coming from God into me, out my hands into her. And it just told me to send love. And so as I was doing that, her right side like started to twitch and she's in a coma now. So I ran outside to get my husband. I was like, you got to come see this. I don't know what's going on. He's like, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Just watch. 
And so I did it again for him and she twitched again. Like she was, you know, her, her, something was responding. Her energy was responding. And two days later, she came out of the coma. So she's been my teacher because I worked on her alive um, in the nursing home on Oahu. And this was like 2013 when this happened to her. So it's 2020 now. Um, I I practiced on her. I, I didn't know what I was doing, but I just kept doing it. And then I found someone to really teach me Reiki and explain it more. Wow. That was, that was when things got amazing. That's like a huge miracle right there. How can you trust your intuition that way? Like with all the things that you went through, you never had a second doubt doing what was said onto you inside you and you were, you just went with it. How was that? Like, what was in your head that time? Like, what were you, was, were you confident that time or was was it was funny because like, well, with my grandma, it wasn't about me. It was about her. And I tell that, I tell everyone, all my students, you know, when you do Reiki, you take your ego out of it. It has nothing to do with wow. you. All you become is this beautiful channel of love and that's it. And just for the highest good for the person in front of you, you make no promises. All you know is you're doing something good and whatever the outcome is, that's what's meant to be for them. And so I just trusted that, like, I'm just going to send my grandma love mm-hmm. and maybe she'll feel it even more because I'm doing it like this or, you know, and she, she was, and it was just very channeled, right. Very specific to where I wanted to work. And they really wanted me to work over her head. Yeah. Um, so I just was trusting that, that energy, mm-hmm. um, that feeling coming through. I really feel like, you know, my guides or my ancestors, whoever was communicating with me, it was very specific. I mean, they gave like yeah. really specific instructions and I just couldn't ignore the urge. Like I was like, okay, yeah. why is this thing making me telling me to do this? But yeah. I just kind of listened. It sounds like you already have this in you. Like it, there's just got to be one specific situation that could wake you up. And with this gifts that you've had already yeah. with your family, do they have the same practice as well? As what, do they do Reiki healing as well? Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, I think. Um, it's funny because the generation before ours, right, especially Filipinos, they don't want to talk about this stuff, you know, or they don't want to be here, or they don't want anyone to think anything, but they have, Filipinos have a lot of healing power. Um, so I think I have, um, from my mom's side, there were healers, mm-hmm. and on my dad's side, on the Portuguese side, um, healers too. And I can't wait to discover on my dad's Hawaiian side who the healers were. Mm-hmm. That, um, I'm kind of like asking the universe in the last couple of years to reveal that to me too. But um, I grew, the way I grew up was my mom was very open to different healing modalities. So I, I and we're in Hawaii, there's Hawaiian healers, you know, there's shiatsu, massage, acupuncture. So I've been around that stuff, you know, so I was already didn't realize, but I was already open mm-hmm. to holistic ways of healing. Yeah. Um, my mom would bring me to these healers. And now looking back, like I was telling you the other day, I always had an issue in my solar plexus in my stomach area. Yeah. Even as a baby, my mom would have to take me to my auntie's house in the middle of the night and she'd have to rub like my stomach so mm-hmm. I could go to sleep. I'd have like holy stomach. Um, and so I was just open, my, like, you know, because my mom would go to these people and she would talk about Reiki. And once in a while she would put her hands over me. She was never formally trained until I, she took my course. Um, but she would put her hands over me and I could feel the heat mm. from her hands and it's just love. Right. 
So um, yeah, I very much believe people who have gifts, it's definitely in your lineage, an ancestor or several have been healers before. Yeah. Um, so ask your parents when you're right. Because in the Philippines, um, I don't know if you're aware of the term herbolario. So mm-hmm. my mom lives in Pangasinan, which is like a very far town from downtown, let's say out here. And I get to experience this type of healing. And back then when I was young, like when I'm, well, when I get like fever and stuff, they would get guava leaves, they would boil it and like tap into my body. And I don't know what's going on back then. So I was like, okay, and then I'll feel better the next day. And then there's also one time I saw this herbal guy, he's wearing a turban. I don't know what he called that. And then he would light a candle and drop it on the water. And it's just so vivid on my mind now that I'm connecting with you like this like people who are open to spirituality it's just like it made sense and I don't like you said Filipinos they are not fond of talking about this type of healing which is amazing it's so I want everyone to think about where when they get stressed out where do they hold stress in their body is it your head do you get headaches is it your throat is it your heart do you have a hard time breathing right Is it your stomach? Do you have to run to the bathroom? Right. Where in your body are you holding your stress? Right. Right. Um, Because we have different energy centers, different chakras. And Mm -hmm. for me, obviously, my stomach is the thing that holds my stress. Ever since I was a kid and then I was having ulcers and then it led to ulcerative colitis. I, for me, when you're holding stress in your solar plexus, it's a lot of anxiety. You don't feel in control. um, And... And for a throat, if you're not speaking your truth, if you, ha- if you haven't been able to express yourself, the backup gets in your throat, mm-hmm. right? Heart chakra, love, relationship, self-love, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and if you, that doesn't, if you don't find ways to release that energy, it can end up into something chronic like breast cancer. Yeah. So I, I, I already know when someone comes into my office, just by their physical ailments, their body is already telling me where they hold their stress. And if there, if there's trauma there as well from childhood, right. then even more it's packed on, right? So you hold your stress there, plus there's trauma that you haven't worked through yet. So it's a big blockage in that energy center, mm-hmm. right? So looking back, like I said, I wish I had someone to explain that to me back then. If someone was just like, like me explaining to my younger me, Hey, Britt, this is what's going on. You know, mm-hmm. you're not crazy. You're just stressed out <laughs> mm-hmm. and you're not finding um, healthy ways to release that stress. Right. Plus you're, you know, type A, OCD, <laughs> competitive control. Like that's how you were raised. Your mom's that way. That's why we learn how to deal with stress from our parents by observing them. So mm-hmm. I observe my mom and then I hold stress like her. Um, and so that was there from when I was a kid, plus just all this stress over the years. So then it turned into something chronic. And so I really want people, if there's any takeaway today is to really understand where in their body they hold stress right. and how can they let that energy move through them instead of getting stuck there. I yeah. totally resonate with that. Like, cause yeah. for me, it's thyroid disease. So it's, so I've been holding myself to speak my truth and growing up, it was really difficult for me to show up just by being me because I, 
I, I'm going to be emotional, but it was just really difficult for me to express myself without thinking about people's judgment, like my parents' mm. judgment of me, like, how do I act? How should I be outside in, in the society's judgment? Like, I, I really have to play small to and, and not even explore other things because it doesn't fit what they think I should be. And and I, I don't blame my parents. No. I don't blame them. It's no. because that's what they know. What's yes. for me. Yes. And that's They're what doing they know. Doing their best. Yeah. Yeah. They're doing, doing their, their best. best. Yeah. And uh, for me, it was just like I I was just receiving, receiving, right? And 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 I didn't know how to love myself because I'm seeking from them, like seeking from love from them. So it was difficult to just now that I'm authentically speaking to you and sharing this story publicly, I've never been able to open this up. And starting this podcast, it's so healing for me and sharing it with you is more than healing than I've ever had imagined throughout my 29 years. So it's, I'm so grateful for that, that I met you because yeah, I, I also want this, the same feeling that I'm feeling right now, this sense of freedom and authenticity for everyone to know that it is possible if you listen to your body and just like connect within. Yeah. And yeah. that is so, just, so for people to know, we had a conversation yeah. for the first time on the phone a couple of nights ago. And um, I was explaining to her, oh, yeah, you know, reflecting back, I realized my stomach was where I hold my stress all these years. Then it turned into ulcerative colitis because I didn't handle that and take care of that and heal. And, and I was like, oh, so you hold your stress in your throat. <laughs> and that's because you, and I was like, yeah, you don't feel like you could express yourself. And then she it just like, the last, like the last piece of puzzle for you came together and you're like, ah, that is how to explain my experience. I've been so active. Like it was because of me, like I was always putting everything under the rug, like it's shrugging things off when I'm stressed out. I wasn't recognizing them, but I was just ignoring and going on a distract myself, party and act out, but not really like process my emotions. I did that in my 20s too. (laughs) Partying and trying to forget about it. Yeah. Yeah. And drinking and like living unconsciously. So it was, wow like and now looking back it's like you're so right and when you said that I was like oh my god that is so true because I've been lying to myself because I'm the one who's making myself like a fool and I told you as long as you keep dancing yeah the sacral is also our other expressive point in our body so as long as you keep dancing and you keep doing this podcast and speaking out and allowing others to tell their story and tell their truth this is the two most healing things and most awesome things you could do on a consistent basis mm-hmm. so that you never have to worry that you're going to go back to where you were. Yeah. Because energy is just flowing now. It's not stuck anymore. Uh, right? And then you're allowing the opportunity for other people to do the to same. Flow. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So this is the most healing thing that you could ever do. You're living it like right now, every week. Super healing. Please, it's like dance <laughs> became like a blessing to this dance. podcast is all yours. You yeah. can do whatever you want. When I dance, it's so empowering. Like I am yeah. like a different person. Like I, I'm like, what are your t- what are your tips for people knowing we are our own healers? How can they do that in their own way, energetically, or something that simple steps or tips for you for them to do the same thing 
I think depending where people are, right? So if someone has a chronic listening right now and they have something chronic in their body, mm-hmm. um, it might not be diagnosed yet, but you know you've had back pain for the last 10 years in the same place. Right. right? Or you know, I really hope to find for you to find someone. See, it's so hard. Um, what I do is so specific. Um, mm-hmm. And I think therapists don't have the same approach <laughs> that yeah. I do because it's more spiritual and it's about the energy centers. But I would hope that they could maybe go find a Reiki uh, practitioner or a Reiki master or a life coach that they trust. Find someone you trust mm-hmm. and that you really flow with to talk about some of the things that are coming up, whether it's from your childhood, whether it's from the way you hold stress, whether it's from fears you have talking about it helps right so that has to you have to start there right you have to acknowledge the problem for Mm -hmm. you to find the solution right and then don't just take medications yes if the medications are helping you get through the day right now Mm -hmm. but in the meantime work on finding the root cause because if you just put the band-aid on you guys it's it's still going to be there 10 years from now and guess what these medications have side effects so if you don't you know, if you don't, something bad doesn't happen to you from the initial diagnosis, then side effects from the drugs that you've been on for 10 years is going to start coming up. Right. Mm -hmm. So finding someone that you can talk to and work and figure out what the root cause is like, when you go, go outside and pull weeds, you don't just cut it. If you want the root to come, you got to pull from the root. Right. So getting to the root cause of why you feel this way? Where is the trauma coming from? What, when was the first couple of times you felt not good enough, not worthy enough, this kind of thing, right? And like I, and, and talking through that and, and Reiki helps to move the energy and unblock your channels, right? right? And getting re- regular Reiki on some kind of regular basis is a good maintenance you can do for your body. Mm-hmm. Just like Tai Chi or Qigong, yes. same thing. You know, I used to watch these old Asian people at the park doing these stretches every morning thinking they were crazy. Now I think they're brilliant. Yeah. Because what they're doing is our chakras are spinning and kids, their chakras spin fast because they're always moving. Go, go, go. Running, running, running. Right, kids. As you get older, you come become more sedentary. You sit at the desk all day. Then you sit in your car and then you get home. You sit in front of the TV. You're not moving as much. So the energy can't flow out of your body. It's getting stuck. Mm-hmm. Right. Then let's then add an unhealthy diet to that and then add stress onto that. Yeah. Now everything's backed up in your body. Mm-hmm. So eating good. Um, and when I say exercise, it doesn't have to be like hard exercise. Like I said, it could be Qigong. It could be Tai Chi. Just mm-hmm. something stretching yoga. Yeah. Yoga. Something dancing that yeah. gets your energy flowing through your body every day. Right. right? And helps the chakras spin so that it can release the toxins in your body yes right we have to release you guys pee poop tears sweat right um this is how we release that's why when people say oh don't cry it's like why the body wants to release toxins crying is a way the body is releasing toxins it's good to have a good cry once in a while like journal as well like when i feel like i process my emotions that way when I journal and then I cry at the same time I'm like okay I choose love instead of this I pray and I just like let my inner guide to just like flow through me when I feel that emotion like that intense emotion sometimes so and I feel like I could release it that way by journaling them and reading back again I'm like oh this is not 
what's serving me. This is not the emotion that I want right now. Um, I also have a question for you in relation to ener energy um, with law of attraction. Do you also correlate your practice with that, with law of attraction? Completely. Yeah, yeah completely. Because um, it's a law, you guys. Like if I, you know, pick up my pen and let it go, it's going to drop like law yeah. of gravity, right? We know that. So that's how for sure. <laughs> Yes. Um, you know, law of attraction is just like the law of karma. Like it, it exists, right? This is real. Mm -hmm. Um, so what we focus on is what we're attracting. Yeah. So that's why I help all my clients who are warriors, not warriors, <laughs> warriors recover from being a warrior. Yeah. Because when you worry, you're, you're actually focusing on the thing that you don't want to happen. Exactly. Totally counterproductive. You want to instead focus on what you do want to happen. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if you don't want to mess up on the interview, your job interview you're about to have, then focus on you getting in there, feeling confident. You know yourself the best, so you express yourself the best, yeah. right? And then if you're meant for the job, it'll happen. And if something's better for you, then that's okay too. Yeah. Right. So getting into that mindset versus the mindset of like being really stressed out and really worried and a bit not going well. Mm -hmm. So focus yeah. on what you want. Don't mm -hmm. focus on what you don't want. Right. Since you became a healer, I feel like you attracted that gift right now or your profession right now. Do you think like it has always been within you that you wanted to be a Reiki healer or was in from your grandma healing her paved way to that path for you? I think everyone's story is so different and this is where it gets like a lot of layers. Um, I have seen several of my past lives and I was a healer um, in and warrior. <laughs> That's why I got a lot of masculine en energy coming from me too. Um, so I've seen several of my past lives and in several, I was a healer. Mm -hmm. So I think there's this natural intuitive flow to gravitate toward healing people right. who come to my Reiki class. I feel like they were called whether they were a healer in past lives and whether it's been in their ancestral lines. So passed down to them. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes both. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's going on. The past life thing is going on. And it's coming from my ancestors that were before me in this life. Mm -hmm. um, and I think people have to make the decision to want to help others. Right. I know a lot of gifted people that are too scared right. to do what I do. They're too afraid of the judgment. They're too afraid of failing at, failing at saving someone. They're right. too afraid you know, to really tap into this world. They're afraid of what they're going to see or what they're going to connect to. So I think finding a good mentor as you go on or mentors with an S, you know, several mm -hmm. to help you is a game changer. Cause if, yeah, it's, you're not going to figure it out on your own. You need people to help you explain things to you and answer questions when you have questions along the way. Yeah. So people ask me all the time, can anyone do Reiki? Yes. Anyone can do Reiki. I can teach anyone to do Reiki. I prefer to teach people who are doing it for the right reasons when I feel their heart is in the right place. So I make that judgment when somebody reaches out to me to take my class. I don't say yes, you know, just because I say yes, I have to feel the energy is aligned with mine yeah. um, and it feels right because they're going to be my student. And so that's important to me. 
And all it really is, is you need to keep practicing. So people go, Britt, you can train someone how to do Reiki in a day. Yes, because we're all energetic beings. Energy will flow from us. And if you have the right intentions, I can definitely teach you the foundation for Reiki. What you do, keep practicing, keep practicing. So that's what people have to do. And I think to your question, I kind of explain it like um, all, most of us who are born, we can, for example, we can run, mm-hmm. right? Okay, but what makes the Olympic track star? Someone who was born gifted and puts in the time and, and practice yeah. or puts in the work, right? So you got a lot of gifted healers who don't want to do the work. They don't want to do this stuff. Or you got people who maybe are not as gifted, but really want to do this work. Mm. So they, they, you know, keep practicing and get better and they get better and they get better the more they do Reiki on people. So who were your mentors that really solidified that this is me, this is my path and I'm ready for it. Cause I know that in order to heal someone, you have to heal yourself first. And I believe that in the same thing with love, like before you give out love, you have to have self-love first. So can you talk us more about that? And I think, I think to your point, I don't want people to think they have to be completely healed or working on people because as you do Reiki, you're receiving too. So the beauty about Reiki is when you give, you're actually receiving because the energy has to come from source through you into the um, client. So you both get Reiki. So the cool part, like I was still healing from my, you know, my ulcerative, but it's been years, right? And I yeah. haven't had a flare up in, I don't know, four years. Um, so, mm. but I don't want people to think that they can't start helping others if they're not fully healed yet. Because when you help someone else, the good karma is going to come back to you and towards your healing, right? So, but I want people to be strong enough to feel strong enough and in the right mindset to be able to give to others, mm-hmm. you know? And once you're there, fine. But if you're still not fully like healed, it's okay. Because as you're helping others on their healing journey, you're also, the good karma is going to help you heal too. Um, for me, I had my, um, my, my mom's Hawaiian healer, Auntie Jerry, she passed away, but she was really like the first one to, before that was my auntie, but I was really young to understand what was happening because my mom would take me to her house and she would lay hands on me. Um, but I knew it worked. So it showed me by laying hands on someone works. And then um, my mom took me to different Hawaiian healers, but Auntie Jerry was in my life for a long time. And she was a Hawaiian healer and she would just place her hands on my stomach mm. 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you know, and I'd feel better. And um, she, the last, I get emotional because the last time I saw her before she passed, because I was living already on the mainland with my husband. So I would only see her when I went to Maui and she'd be working at this laundromat in Pukalani and I would pop in and we would catch up. And she approved of Rod, my husband now, and I love that she approved of him. And the last conversation I had was I asked her permission. I said, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going on this spiritual journey and I really feel called to do Reiki to help people that way. And I'm learning about it. And I kind of was asking for her blessing. Yeah. And she grabbed my hands and she, it was really hot. My hands are really hot. And um, she said, yeah, yeah you got it. Like, yes. And she gave me her approval. And that was like the last conversation in person that we had, you know, so, and my, my mentor, Yoshie, um, you know, I went to see her for some mediumship to communicate with my friend. And she ended up telling me all these other things. My grandpa was coming through to tell me my grandpa who was passed on the other side, 
And he was telling me I was going to do work similar to her. And I couldn't get that out of my head. I was like, what? You know? And so Yoshi has been a big part of my journey. Um, Raven Keys. I think people who are into Reiki should look up Raven Keys. I've learned from her. Um, I got attuned by her too. Um, but a lot of people. Um, and I continue to learn about pranic healing as well by Master Cole. Um, he's Tony Robbins uh, energy right. healer. So it's, it's just been a crazy ride and I've just been so like open to it all. <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned that you're also doing animal Reiki. Can you tell us more about that as well? It sounds like really amazing. You met these people all throughout your path. Once you said, yes, that I'm going to be a healer and I want to give back to people and I want to heal people the same way as what happened to me. And, and I feel really great hearing this from you because it sounds like you're my life coach right now. But <laughs> so it's like, I want to hear more about the animal Reiki healing. Like, how is that? Um, so animals, just like kids, yeah, the easiest to work on because they don't have all this clouded judgment and they're so receptive. Like you said, your friend that you worked on yeah. was very receptive that day and you were really feeling the love flowing through you. Yeah. But what a divine moment to do it. Mm -hmm. That's when the best healing sessions happen. You know, when the healer is feeling grounded, connected, is, is a really strong channel and then the person is a really good receiver. Mm -hmm. They want to be there. That's why I don't work on anyone who does not want to be in my office. Yeah. Because, you know, I have a lot of wives go, oh, you need to work on my husband. I said, well, if your husband doesn't want to be sitting in my chair, exactly. then I don't want to work on him because he needs to be at least receptive. They can be skeptical, but mm -hmm. receptive. Right. And so the more pain, unfortunately, the more pain or the more physical ailments somebody has, it actually makes them more receptive because yeah. they need it more right? So they're more open to the healing. Um, but with the animals, they're so open because they know love. They know the vibration of love. Mm -hmm. And so they're the easiest to work on. Mm -hmm. um, because once they feel what your energy is, they're like, Ooh, I want some of that. Yeah. I went to a screen printing shop here in uh, San Leandro, my husband's friend's shop, and they had mm -hmm. an old golden retriever. And I went around the shop and I was looking at their setup and I was going to order some shirts. Mm -hmm. And before we left, the dog wouldn't let me leave. Aww. He cut me off. He stood in front of the doorway and he just stood there. He blocked me. And so I energetically knew what he was saying. Yeah. He wanted me to work on him. And so I asked permission from the owner. I said, do you mind if I take five or 10 minutes and can I work on your dog? Mm. And I told him what I did. And, you know, he was like, not sure, but he was like, okay. <laughs> but he saw the dog was like not letting me pass him. Yeah. So <laughs> animals know. Animals yeah. uh, really do know. Um, every time we take vacation now, we try to find an animal rescue in the area. And mm -hmm. I go and I work on animals for the day uh, for a couple hours. Mm -hmm. um, my son prefers animals versus Disneyland. <laughs> he doesn't like crowds. Um, he's autistic and that's like too much sensory overload. Right. Um, so he prefers a farm. He prefers being around animals, you know, and he can play his music and be around animals. So we make a family day out of it. Mm. And I go do that. But in Hawaii, when I was working and living there, I had a lot of dog clients. Wow. A lot. It's just hard because here I feel like more humans need me. And I don't even have time for the animals here. Yeah. Um, but I've worked on, you know, dogs. I have a hundred I don't know, 40 pound tortoise. That's my pet in my backyard. And I work on him. 
he'd probably want me to work on him more often. He, you know, but um, I don't have that much time, but you know, you can work on your animals. So some people just take the Reiki class to work, to learn how to work on themselves and their pets. Right. Yeah. It's like yeah. amazing. Like on, you've been really healing a lot of people and also animals. How do you preserve your energy? Because I know energy can't be destroyed or recreate. You can only reallocate them. So how are you able to do that, especially on a regular daily basis? For let's say for people who are empath, like how can you preserve that energy with being drained from the practice? The, the funny thing is the work doesn't drain me because I'm always tapping into source. So I'm not using my own energy. I get hungry. I get tired little, you know, like throughout the day, but not drained. Does that make sense? And the beauty about Reiki is because you're receiving it, it's really hard to feel, if you do it right, it's really hard to feel drained because you're also getting Reiki as you're getting Reiki, right? Um, I think the part for empaths that can get draining Mm -hmm. is if you don't have boundaries outside of your work. So if... You know, I, I'm just happy that I just basically go from here, my house, which I have a lot of control of the energy in my house, to my office, which I have control over the energy in my office. Mm-hmm. But going to a grocery store or going to a concert or going somewhere where there's a lot of people mm-hmm. and I don't have control over everyone's energy, that's when it gets draining. So what I do is I just limit my time in those places. Or if I want to go to the grocery store, go early in the morning or go when it's not busy. Mm-hmm. Or um, I have my uh, assistant Denise do a lot of my yeah. errands so that I, because it, it, because the energy is so heavy right now, mm-hmm. I am picking up on that. And so mm-hmm. I do get anxious in a grocery store line, you know, where I want to walk out and just leave my groceries. Um, because there's so, uh, with the elections, with COVID, mm-hmm. I can feel everyone's stress. Yes. Right. And so it's telling me, Britt, you need to go ground more. You need to go in nature and go ground more because you're really picking up all these people's stuff. Um, So as an empath and a lot of empaths, too, like they have stomach issues, too, because they're picking up everyone else's stuff. Um, So more time in nature, for sure. More time in nature. You mentioned about nature because that's my element and I'm a Virgo. So it's like when I'm in a nature, like I hike a lot. It's like where I feel most grounded. Like you said, like I feel connected, feel way more relaxed. Like I could detox myself from, you know, overstimulation. Because for me, when I had hyperthyroidism, I am so overly stimulated. I'm agitated. I feel like that was all the energy that's energy that stuck within me that wanted to come out that's why I was so like finicky and and now that you mentioned that ever since like I was just dancing and like doing podcasts sharing and journaling a lot and using my tools and meditate as well can you give any tips for people who are you know wondering about Reiki and also about energy healing but have still have reservation about it like how how are they going to be able to like yeah this works for me because sometimes like I feel like the holistic healing is still far-fetched from other people and I wanted to raise that awareness and for you being a teacher and also a healer and a survivor of like you know that lowest point of your life can you just tell us more of the tips that you could share to everyone for me I was at the lowest point of my life I had nothing to lose right? And so a lot of people who end up reaching out to me have nothing to lose. 
where they're going through postpartum depression and they don't want to do the drugs that the doctors have them on, or, you know, they've tried everything else and nothing's working. Right. So those are the most receptive because they're like, I, my back's up against the wall and I have nothing to lose. Right. The people I'm actually worried about is the ones that don't have the chronic illness yet. The Mm -hmm. ones that are not really, really sick yet, but the, the way that they're going is they're not addressing the stress and trauma. Right. So they're still holding it, but they just haven't had life kick them in the butt so hard yet where it showed up full on physically in their body where it's debilitating. I don't want people to get to this debilitating point, you know, where body parts need to be removed or doctors are saying your body parts need to be removed. Right. So it's really about being open to trying something new, finding the right person, looking at the reviews, watching maybe a YouTube video or their Instagram and seeing, oh, is this the right person for me? Mm-hmm. Okay, so finding someone you can trust and you get along with and all of that is very important because how are you going to open up to somebody if you don't really trust them, right? So it's very important to establish a foundation with whatever healer you're going to work with, mm-hmm. right? And and I think what do you have to lose? Like hundred dollars, fifty dollars, forty dollars to try a session? Try it, just yeah. try it. But go open, go like you, you know, like we said, go with a receptive mindset yeah you know just be open about it and see how it can help you because these concepts that we're talking about and the way I'm explaining things it's it's not woo woo out in the air it's fact guys like we are an energetic being and if energy gets stuck and it gets backed up it turns into chronic illness Mm -hmm. it turns into cancer it turns into these things right so it's yeah, they have to give it a name. They have to give it IBS or Crohn's or UC. But as an energy healer, I don't hear the labels. All I all I see when someone like me walks into my office, I go, oh, you hold stress in your solar plexus. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Right? I don't look at the labels. You can call it anything you want. Yeah. Even with your diagnosis. Mm-hmm. I never even used your di- the name of your diagnosis. All I said to you is like, oh, your throat chakra. Back yes. up. Right? That is so... <laughs> So it's not even about the name of the illness. It's at, it's all that shows me is where you are holding your stress, where the trauma is stored. How do we release it? And then how do we come up with a daily or weekly practice so yeah. that that is flowing good there, right? That's really what, and, and I want people to hear this. You can be the healthiest eater. You could be vegan or whatever, right? Health, you can eat healthy, eat clean. You can work out every single day, but if you do not address your trauma and the, sh- and the way you hold stress in your body, you're going to end up sick. I want everyone to hear that. I don't care how healthy you are. If you have trauma and stress that is unaddressed in your body, mm-hmm. it's not good. It's going to yeah. show up. And then you're going to be like, oh, my friend, she was so healthy. She worked out every day and she has cancer. It's like, yes, because there's trauma stuck there in the body the body remembers I I have clients who don't who have blocked out childhood memories to survive back then but the body doesn't lie because it's showing up in their body now yeah we need to heal that area yeah because like for me as well like with the trauma that I've had growing up like it it manifested like you said subconsciously I was Mm -hmm. I wasn't paying attention to it I thought I was healthy. Like I said, I was pretty active growing up. I was doing martial arts and doing a lot of sports, 
but emotionally, like energetically, it was all like collectively stuck in there without me knowing because I thought I was doing okay. Yeah. I was projecting that like, you know, physically, oh, I'm fit. Like I exercise all the time where in fact, I wasn't really addressing those traumas. Like not only like, you know, cause people think, I feel like people think trauma is only about like an extensive crisis that hit you or physically, but it's actually can be emotionally. Like, like that that for me was a lot growing up and and I didn't address that like I didn't know how until this days like until this past three years where I really focused on myself and you're so right on what you said like regardless of how healthy fit the person is if they don't address the trauma it won't heal at all it will really manifest it's gonna show up it's gonna manifest at some point it really is it's physically is going to manifest so that you work on yourself. The thing I'm seeing with the universe and the lessons that our generation is learning is to end that cycle so yeah. that kids do not have to deal with that generational sure. trauma that's been passed down for exactly. decades. Exactly. You know, grandma, and all of that. Let's break it now. Let's yeah. heal it. And then let's give our kids a new way of being and a new way of learning how to deal with stress, a new way of learning how to express themselves, following their inner truth, their authenticity. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, I, I observe what my son is passionate about. He, I played soccer growing up. I could be like, yeah, I want my son to play soccer and I want him to do this and that. Yeah. You know what? I've surrendered to all of that. And like, dude, whatever your path is, whatever you're passionate about, whatever you're meant to do here on this physical plane, Mommy will help you do those things. It doesn't have to be anything that I want for, you know, that I did that I'm trying to put on him now. Mm-hmm. You know, I see that a lot with parents, like, you know, yeah. sports. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. You know? I was very competitive growing up. Like you were, like you said, you always want to hit A's in your in your school I was like that because I was a people pleaser like my mom would always want me okay take this class or go go to this nursing school you have to be a nurse growing up because like that's the stability (laughs) and so it was like I mean there's nothing bad about that because financially yeah sure but now that I'm learning about like how money is money is energy so it's like I could it's there's an infinite possibilities that I could acquire it like it's not only in one specific path where I feel like I already know I think ever since then when I was in nursing school I felt like I'm gonna be a healer but it's just that not in that environment where yeah. it was full of stress yeah like I I had I want to share this experience I had a clinical experience in the Philippines mm-hmm. in ICU and there was this patient who had liver cirrhosis a prostate cancer all of his system is just like shutting down and I always come in, I always make sure intentionally when I come in in front of my patient, I want to be like happy. I, I'm, I'm on the best my, headspace that time because yeah. it's stressful. So when I come in, I would just, hi, and how are you? And, and what made me really appreciate life was when he raised his right thumb with so many tubes around his body and his fluids like the fluids are coming out of his skin and still saying, I'm good. I'm great. That's his way of saying I'm good and great. And, and that really touched me. I feel like that was like an aha moment for me that I can be a healer and just like sharing that moment with him talking to me, even he doesn't 
hear me or can speak for himself. And then a week after her, his wife called my clinical instructor and wanted to talk to me that he passed away and he wanted to say thank you of what I did. And I didn't even do it. I just, I was just there accompanying him, sharing that nice energy, telling you him. You were holding space for yeah, him. I was holding and making space him for him. Safe. Yeah. yeah. So, yep. I, it's so important. It's funny. I, it's so weird that like we're having this talk because I had surgery a little over and I was getting anxious because mm-hmm. my husband usually goes, gets to go in with me. You know, like I had C-section to have my daughter. My husband got to go in with me and be there for, with me the whole way this time because of COVID, he had to just drop me off. So I was feeling a little anxious going into surgery. And there was this traveling I found out she's a traveling nurse this nice black lady and she came to see me 10 minutes before they wheeled me in right she introduced herself and all that and we were in the operating room Mm -hmm. they're strapping me down they're about to knock me out because I was going under general anesthesia and I started to feel the anxiety come back because my body can't move because they like strapped me down and all she did was hold space for me I could feel her energy she was focused on me she was focused on my comfort because sometimes nurses in the operating room, they're just talking to each other. They do it every day, you know, so it doesn't occur to them that the person on the table is like freaking out because they don't do surgery every day, <laughs> yeah. but the nurses do, do it every day. But she was very, I felt her energy very focused on me and my comfort. Mm-hmm. And I was feeling this sense of anxiety and it was crazy. She like grabbed my hand. I didn't say anything to her at that moment. She had grabbed my right hand and she had like started rubbing my arm. And then I just remember like taking a deep breath and like relaxing. And then I was knocked out mm-hmm. when I came out of it. Mm-hmm. I was asking in the recovery area. I was, the, I was asking the lady, where is the black nurse? Mm-hmm. I want to thank her. Mm-hmm. What's her name? You know? And then she's like, Oh, she's in another, op, you know, operating there have another person. And I said, well, I would I would like to extend my gratitude mm-hmm. because her calm energy was the last thing I remembered before I knocked out. Yes. You know, and it makes a difference. It, it really, really makes a difference. And so I, in my last Reiki um, class, I had two nurses take it, you know, and I want to teach more nurses how to do this stuff because yeah. they're natural healers. They chose that profession, most of them, because they have an ability to hold space and care for people. Mm-hmm. So why not have Reiki in their toolbox as well? Yeah. Right. To work on themselves after a long day and like work you know, even just the way she held my hand, you can do Reiki just by holding someone's hand. So just the way she um, yeah. like rubbed my arm to me, it was transmitting love. Mm-hmm. That right? is gonna be okay. Yeah. That is going to be, that's what her energy was telling me. You're good. Like I'm right here. You're all good. I got your back. You can go knock out now for a couple hours. Yeah. And be Okay. And that's what energetically she said to me in that moment. So that it's so incredibly good. important. Yeah, like this is such like a huge gift for everyone because I feel like for me as well, like back then when I was a student nurse, I couldn't hold my emotions well because I get so sympathetic to my patients. So like with you, like you're very in tune with yourself that you don't necessarily attach yourself from someone's crisis. Um, Can you tell us more about (laughs) how to like not like, you know, a very 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 good question and especially if you're going to do the type of work I do and I work on people almost every day 
Um, and I have, so I hold space for my family. I hold space as a mom, I hold space as a wife, and then I hold space for my clients and I'm working on people almost every day. Um, so yeah, it, if I learned the term detached compassion a long time ago, and it's really stuck with me. Um, and that's giving my client everything in that moment, right? The hour, the two hours that is our session. Mm. But when that is done, they have free will, they have their life, they have their lessons that they have to learn. And I can't attach myself to all, however that plays out yes. at all, because that's free will and that's their life. And we all have different lessons. We came here to the physical plane. We incarnated at this time to learn. So I kind of get in the way of someone's lessons. Hey, some of my clients learn their lessons faster than the other ones, right? So we can move on to the next thing we need to work on. And some people, we're still talking about the same thing. And it's like the third session we've had together and we're still talking about the same thing. And that's fine. Mm -hmm. It just takes sometimes a little longer for people to um you know get their lessons but i do not attach myself to how that's gonna uh play out i just can't because if i worried about everybody like i wouldn't have the space to channel and be present with whoever i'm working on so you know just sending love to people but also acknowledging like they have lessons to learn and it's sometimes hard lessons mm -hmm. you know we just have to rewire the way we think how we were raised to think that, you know, you want to protect your child or you want to, yeah, you want to protect them from physical harm, but mm -hmm. sometimes they have to learn lessons a certain way and that's okay. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? You um, have to thrive on their own. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's, it's hard to watch people go through hard stuff, but our souls, our spirit is having a human experience and there, and we knew it was going to be hard. We knew this feeling of separateness and was going to be hard. That's why it's so frustrating watching politics because it's like, oh, the right and the left, Democrats and Republicans. I'm like, guys, we're a collective. Like what we do here affects here. Like we're all connected until we can realize as human beings, we are all connected. Mm -hmm. It's like, we're there. it's sometimes funny to me because people think there's like this finish line. Mm -hmm. well, if I finish, if I die being a billionaire, so what? You die being a billionaire, you can't take your money with you. Yeah. You know, like, if that, it doesn't mean you won. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean shit, okay? Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean shit. What matters is, did you learn your lessons yeah. in this physical plane, in this life? Did you learn your lessons and did you fulfill your purpose? Right. That's the only two things that really matter. Yes seriously feeling your purpose yes. and if you learn your lessons and living genuinely happy yeah. Truth in your most authentic and with love yeah yes that's it because if you take a step back out of the money out of the fame if you take yeah. several steps back and you look at what it really is like i don't want to have to like have karma in my next life because I didn't, uh, I did something really not good in this one. Um, and I don't want to have to keep relearning lessons again. Right. Like I, I want to continue to awaken and expand consciousness and, you know, vibrate higher and all of that, you know? So that's really what matters. So unfortunately people who are only focused on money, hmm. not the betterment of humanity, you know, the best businesswoman or best businessman, strong root chakra strong heart chakra yeah. because they know how to do things with money and then they are, have a lot of love for people so they're making the decision that's best for the collective 
So if I were to work on every politician and every tech CEO in Silicon Valley, I'm working on their heart. Trust me. Yes. This, because if this was more open, they would make the best decisions for their workers and for humanity. Yeah. Right. So see, that's what everybody could do. We should just have a day where we do group healing on CEOs of companies to their heart. Yeah, honestly, that would be so great. So yeah. I feel like, you know, the more people who has more money, like the more they give impact to people who yes. think the same thing. For the right like, reasons. Yeah, yeah, the more everyone is like, I know you mentioned past life regression. Yeah. I know it's far back now, but I also want to highlight that. Like, I just wanted to like, just give us a quick um, brief explanation of what is it about? Like, how is it important for having it in holistically healing? When you can understand who you are more, then you better understand where you've been and where you're going. And also when you are able to reflect in hypnosis on those lives by experiencing it again, experience snapshots of it again, you, you're reminded about also what your purpose is here, or you're reminded of like lessons you've already learned so that you don't have to do it again. Right. Um, or all of these things in your life just makes more sense. Okay. So if someone has a really irrational fear, nothing ever happened to them as a kid, nothing happened to them as an adult, but they have like this really irrational fear of grass. Yes. For example, yes. like usually something in a past life happened to them. Like phobias. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I fully believe people with phobias that nothing in this life happened to them, but they have a phobia of it. Past life. That's how they died in a past life. Um, so I've, <laughs> I've worked a lot with people um, to understand themselves so they don't feel crazy. Right. Um, and it's like, why do we have like natural tendencies in this life? And maybe like our parents, I'm thinking of one of my best friends, Amanda, like her, like, her mom doesn't like go to the beach. Her mom's not like a beachy person or whatever, but she, if you met her, she's like a fairy mermaid energy. Seriously, mm -hmm. fairy mermaid. And she loves the ocean. She goes diving for shells, like all of this stuff. But she never grew up with that. Mom never taught her that, you know, like, yeah. but just has this like natural connection. Um, connection to the ocean and to shells and to, um, and then she created a business that was around that. So people who have these natural tendencies and don't know where it comes from, it's usually from past life. And the cool part is like, as kids, we remember, especially like the life right before. And like kids will talk about it if you let them. But then once like they're around five and adults start giving feedback, like, oh no, that didn't really happen to you. Or what are you talking about? Or you must've saw that on the TV or that's so crazy. Then they start to shut down and repress yes. the memories. But they remember, kids remember. So I'm super fascinated to even like talk to kids to see yeah. um, what memories they have. And I would love to like write that down. And, you know, I have so many books I want to write around this because I've done over 200 past life regression sessions for people. And wow. um, it's like every time like watching a movie because they're, it's like reading the best book ever because yeah. they're describing all this stuff. And I'm like, oh my God, like, this is amazing. Wow, like it just, I, it's so important to know who we are because yes. I, for a fact, as well as looking for who am I, like who am I, how can I become better from this person of who I am right now? And I know one thing that is the most important to have is self awareness. And for you, I feel like that's how you have been. You've been so aware 
all throughout your journey. And I am so grateful to, that I have met you. Okay. I think past life is also good sometimes to see how you know people in this life. Right. right? So then it would make sense like, oh, that's why I have a hard time dealing with my brother in this life mm-hmm. or my mom or, you know, whatever, because this was our relationship in the past life. Yeah. So that's another thing that people can learn is like how they've no people in this life what is your best advice for your 21 year old self oh geez oh my gosh advice to my 21 year old self (laughs) (sighs) slow down for sure um (laughs) that it's not it's not a race you know and that I can achieve all the goals I want it doesn't have to be all at one time it doesn't have to happen all right now You know, I have so many goals for my business, but I know that I'm also a mom and I'm also a wife and Mm -hmm. it it might just start unfolding over the next couple of years versus me trying to like knock all that out in one year. Right. So slow down, um, have something more sustainable. That word just like comes to me so much is like having a sustainable healing business. So I don't get burnt out Mm -hmm. having, um, a sustainable family life so that you know, that we don't go days without talking or seeing each other or not connecting. Like we, we, we work, my husband and I work really hard on constantly staying connected and communicating. It's very, very important to us. Um, but just like trust in the process, you know, and things are going to turn out better than you've like ever imagined. Cause like, if you told me back then, this is what I was going to be, I would have laughed at you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, great. You're going to do like this healing thing. I'll be like, no, I'm going to be like a journalist. And like, you know, because so some of the best things in life happen because they weren't planned, you know, and that you were guided. And so become better at co-creating with the universe, Mm -hmm. right? It's kind of like imagining that you're at the top of a staircase and it's dark and you can't see the whole staircase. You kind of know it's there. Yeah. You can't see it. And so you're scared to take the first step. But if you take the first step, then you'll see the next step. And then you take the next step and then you'll see the next step. Right. And so that's kind of like life. Like everybody wants to see how the whole thing will play out. But it's like, why? That'll be so boring. Right. You know? <laughs> be like no surprises and no yeah. you know, spontaneous things like that's knowing everything is not fun. You know, <laughs> so yeah. I think people need to have more trust in this process and co-creating with the universe and focusing on really harnessing and understanding energy. And if there's anything I really wanted to take away is like Reiki is like, take my Reiki class to better understand energy. And so if you better know how to under like, you know, flow your energy or use your energy or, uh, you know, imagine how much more powerful and empowered you'll feel like, (laughs) I I teach men and they're like get so fascinated with this stuff. Do they feel like they're like Dragon Ball Z? Like, <laughs> like you know, like they're like um, they love it. They're like, oh my god, this is so cool because they can feel the energy in their hands and they're learning how to use energy. Yeah. So um, yeah, if anyone's interested in the class, I teach at least once a month in Alameda. Um, people who aren't in California are begging me to do some type of virtual course. I really prefer the sacred space of in person. And I prefer to do attunements in person. Um, so I'm kind of like fighting technology on that one. But I know that I will need to eventually do some type of online um, course for Reiki as more people get interested in it. But I think even if you don't want to like have a business or anything, just learn 
how to like use your hands to you know heal and work on yourself and your your family members and your pets and stuff so i think it's important to understand energy um but yeah my 21 year old self like go find someone to talk to for sure <laughs> and take it easy and know I'm that i'm a mentor right <laughs> yeah, just know that life's gonna be okay that like um you know you're gonna have highs and lows and it's never pro- like it's a life's supposed to be like this yeah right it's but never been your just what we can do is just get better at dealing with the downs because mm. we turn it around faster mm. right so it's not like a big dip it's like okay bad day but not a bad week right, right? or bad week but not a bad month like we, we know how to shift the energy quicker transform that energy quicker and the other thing i was going to say about mother earth she's the best transformer of energy so when you're too tired to shift like you don't have you're just like drained go to mother earth go for a hike go sit by the water go outside go for a walk she is the best transformer of energy so that's why it's so important for us to get outside in nature mm. and um every day if we you know possible because yeah. she transforms that negative um to something positive yeah she's the best one i mean looking back when i was 21 years old i could have i would have that's my mindset before but now with all of your advice i like i'm doing it now and what's more important is to do it better at this time when i'm more aware and really moving forward for a better me becoming the best version of myself so thank you so much rit thank you for this opportunity i really appreciate all of the wisdom that was really amazing like i couldn't thank you so much for this interview there's so much wisdom and gems that you've shared to us can you tell us where to connect with you through social media or any upcoming events that you have right now um yeah i, I have a couple classes lined up for the rest of the year so if people want to learn reiki let me know um like i said there is no prereq as long as your heart is in the right place um <clears throat> i'm willing to teach I'm more active on my Instagram. I have a Facebook, uh, Holomua Healing Arts on Facebook, but I'm like more active on my Instagram page uh, at Holomua underscore healing underscore arts. Just type in Holomua Healing Arts. You'll find it. Um, my YouTube channel is, um, you know, backslash mana mindset mm-hmm. on YouTube. So you can check out my videos there. And um, just, you can always email me info at holomuahealingarts.com for any questions. Um, and I look forward, you know, even if you just have a question or if you just want to get, give some feedback about the podcast and what you heard today, um, that's totally fine too. Yes. Yay. Thank you so much, Rit. Thank you for having me. <laughs> there you have it, guys. I am so grateful for you for tuning in until this end. I know this one is the longest episode I've had so far and I couldn't be more proud of it. It's so worth it. If you reached this end, I'm so proud of you. And if you loved and enjoyed this episode, please rate, subscribe, and leave your feedback. And tag me when you're tuning in. I would love to hear from you. Also, please check out my guest page. Her social media handles are in the description below. Thank you so much, guys. See you again on my next episode. Gratefully, Cray.